I'm glad you guys could join. Welcome to the Real Talk podcast with AJ. We got uh, my man Caesar, my, my business partner, and Albert Greenberg out there in Arenda, the OG out there, Lithuanian's finest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you two probably seen each other in past Club One active sport days. And uh, in fact, you guys did me because when we went to go look at one of the old shops that we were trying to set up in Oakland, seems like years. Oh, ago. okay. Yeah. Then we went out for a drink. But I'll go ahead and let Caesar give a little intro, a little bio about himself. So the mic is yours, sir. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, my name is Caesar. I'm I'm originally from New York City, so I grew up in Queens and moved out here in '99. Uh, and I met Tony, what, I don't know, probably 2006? <laughs> no, 12. <laughs> 12? Yeah, I, 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 it's like la- the last 25 years are a blur. But I can't believe I've, I've, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been out here for 99 and, uh, be- you know, within like a two-mile radius, Oakland, Berkeley, Oakland. And uh, now I currently live in Oakland, California. Well, there you go. I'm from the south side of Chicago. I went to L.A. in 1969. Had a rock and roll band. Those were the days when cocaine wasn't addictive. (laughs) (laughs) So I got out of that and uh, did something really lucrative. I went into the theater. uh, Moved to to San Francisco in 85, 81. I can't even remember anymore. Wow. It was a long time ago. But I've been up in Northern California ever since. Now I live in darkest Orinda. So. <laughs> wow. I'm a native Orindian. <laughs> uh, okay. You still chasing the pigeons out there? Or have you linked up with uh, Donald Foyle yet? You guys cross paths yet? No, just in the gym. Not here. Oh, sir. okay. okay uh, just in the gym. What about you, Caesar? You guys still playing? You uh, you went back to doubles yet? I talked to Elliot. He said he gave up his membership. I, once Elliot left, like a few months ago, I didn't really have any reason to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my membership is on pause, I think, but they keep on charging me. I got to go back and check it out. I haven't been in a few months, but I want to... It's weird going there because it's a ghost town. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I know uh, sometimes the... The rules and the regulations chase folks away, and then when they lift those rules and restrictions, people just say, "Ah, fuck it, I ain't coming back." You know, I'll just uh, mm-hmm. continue playing pickleball or chasing pigeons like Al there. But Al, you still go to the gym, right? How is it? What? Is it uh, picking up a little bit for the new year? Yeah, I, there's more people in there. It's yeah. uh, it was more fun when it was empty, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was in The Shining. <laughs> Big empty yeah. place, nobody That's around. A good... That's a good perspective. I had a whole immense executive shower to myself multiple times. It was awesome. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's that's awesome. So, a little background about myself. I'm the Norwood disciple, originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Norwood is the district that I hail from, right off of I-20 West. Uh, Army vet retiree, 26 years. Did a little civil service, chasing uh, the bad guys over in Africa and Europe from 2015 to 2021. Now I'm a disgruntled retiree, looking to find something to keep my mind active and sharp. This is one of the ways that I'm doing it. I appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule in life to be on here with me. Hey, Tony. Yes, sir. You know, last time we talked, you talked about you wanting to get out of the military because of the rise in racism. 
Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little more? I know this is your podcast, but you know. Yeah, I appreciate the question. So uh, it all started, unfortunately, probably when I joined in 1989. We just didn't know it because it was more covert than overt. But my gosh, flipping for 30, nearly 30 years in 2017, as a civilian now, old Trumpster got elected. It really came to the forefront. And I think people really started flexing their ideological ways and not being so covert, but over, but just out and out saying things to either for shock or because mm-hmm. they really felt it. And I really felt the last six years working overseas, you could see it more and more. You can see how people were really taking sides inside of our office, not just the civilians, but the military as well, which is really taboo because we're not supposed to talk about politics, religion, sex, things of that nature. And people were just making off-the-wall comments, I mean, calling people tree huggers, squirrel chasers, and you could see the code language just evolving more and more, mocking that whole ordeal with Brianna. People were laughing about Black Lives Matter. You could definitely see how people were flexing their muscles vocally and as well as, like I said, politically, socially, culturally, just really saying things that they probably wouldn't have said 20, 30 years ago, but because they mm-hmm. were reinforced and, and just put to the forefront because now it became us against them instead of we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. I kind of developed a saying about, if you remember, united we stand, divided we fall. I said, divided we stand, united we It was backwards. And people mm-hmm. were just, people were just uh, coming up with all kinds of crazy things and ways to make your life miserable inside the workforce. And it was just unfortunate that the leadership, mainly the military guys, were just not taking a stance, were not squashing that stuff. And, and and it's sad to say, a lot of those guys, middle-aged white guys or old white guys, retirees working over there overseas, and uh, I think they were just reveling in the fact that, hey, they could just do things and say things that they probably couldn't do when they were coming up through the ranks. And it, it just made it miserable. It just wasn't a joy going to work. And that's one of the main reasons why I said, you know what, I'm tired of this shit. And I'm just going to take my pen and pad. I'm just going to go home because it, because it just got to the point where people were acting like they were doing you a favor by allowing you to work for your own country. Wow. Give a specific what would happen. Well, you, you would see things like when we go on business trips and rules and regulations about how much you need a voucher for this receipt. And people were just giving me a hard time about claiming a taxi ride, you know, 50, 60 bucks here when you didn't even need a receipt. And you could just see that the leadership was, was entertaining that and the amount of man hours and work hours we were waste trying to resolve a travel voucher that in the end must be paid has to be paid people were just saying well even though i don't need a receipt i can still ask for one and i just started a whole chain of just fiery reactions back and forth people taking sides and i just didn't bend to their will you know i say look if you don't want to pay the voucher, that's fine. I'm not I'm not going to give you. And it's almost like you had to take a line in the sand just trying to prove a point not worth proving. People were just interjecting politics into, into work meetings. People would just find a way to interject politics any way they could when politics had no no way of being inside of work environment. I mean, if you said, let's need more money to get this mission accomplished, people would say, oh, you must be a liberal. You just want to spend, 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 spend. <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. Whether it was mm-hmm. coded, 
or trying to be sarcastic or trying to be facetious. It just had no place in the workforce. And yeah, people were just, I'm not getting the vaccine. I don't care. And I can remember vividly January 6th happened, the insurrection on the Capitol. There were guys, they you could tell that like that must have been on their heart all night long. Must have been in their mind all night long. It was like as soon as they walked in off, oh, that wasn't Trump supporters, that was Antifa, that was Black Lives Matter. And people oh. and, and like people didn't even say anything to like certain guys came into the office. And you could tell they were just wanting to come in and get their point across and just try to persuade people to think how they think and believe what they believe and saying, Oh, it's it's not a big deal. You know, and these were retirees, most of us that work there, along with some other civilians who'd be surrounded by the Department of Defense all their life. And people were just really trying to justify the cronyism, the corruption, the bad behavior the insults and just yeah it's like how can this be you know we work for the united states army we work for the department of defense and we shouldn't even have an opinion on this stuff we just come in laugh joke do our work and go about our business but it just seemed like everybody not everybody but the people who wanted to interject politics they did it on a frequent basis mm-hmm. and i don't know how and there did. was there was no way to go up the ladder to deal with this stuff huh well it's funny you say that because when we had the census session after the george floyd incident and i brought it up it was on a zoom call and i can tell you when i brought it up it was like crickets on the call it was like None of the none of the leaders wanted to say anything. I think one guy said, "Yeah, you're right. We need to be more sensitive." And it's funny because not funny, but it's ironic. So our director was a full bird colonel. He was a black guy, and when he was given a class, you could tell that he didn't even not want to give the class on extremism. You, it was almost like it was just like, "Oh shit, this is being forced down my throat." And you would think a guy of color, a black man who would reach the pinnacle of being a full board colonel, one step away from being a general, would be more enthusiastic, would be more articulate, would have more intellect. And But he didn't share one personal story. He didn't share one uh, real life experience that he may have encountered in his 30 plus years in the military. Just, you could tell sitting in front of the computer, he was basically reading from a PowerPoint. Or brief and guys of the aisle. I mean, it's black, white, Spanish. I mean, you, you just don't know whether they're Asian. You just don't know where people stand until they really have to deal with a topic that they've been wanting to deal with in a certain way, but now they're being forced to deal with in a certain. Well, way. he was in a see. He couldn't do what you did though. You what could you quit. By that? You could retire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He couldn't do that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he was surrounded. Yeah. I just wish, just thinking back on that class he gave, he'd have been just a little bit more passionate and maybe just human about it. Just don't yeah. be, just don't be so robotic and say, "Well, extremism is bad." Well, we all know that. It's like, come on, dude, you're a black guy in the army, you colonel, you had to encounter something along the way in your thirty some years in in the military. And you know how you deal with it, or what is your advice to tell us how to deal with it? And yeah, there's a lot of people out there, as we talked about. You and I, Al, before that are very conservative and very modern in their ways. And I think a lot of people just, when it all boils down to it, they just think with their wallet and their pocket. There's a cartoon, a bunch of sheep are in a field and one sheep stands up and says, but we don't have to be sheep. <laughs> so what can we be then? You know, because somebody, yeah, right. somebody has to die. It's like everything, you know, freedom isn't free. It's kind of like when the wall fell, somebody said, okay, well, who's the first person who's going to get shot by the Russians, shot by the Russians, you know? or the East Germans, somebody has to die on that wall or climb that wall or, or jump yeah. over that fence. It's just how, how it is today in society. And I just think that I don't know how we ever get back to some sense of normalcy 
and uh, being able to agree or disagree or vice versa. What are your thoughts on that, Caesar? That was really educational. You grow up thinking the Army's apolitical, but, you know, people come from different areas of the United States. So, you know, that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I can see how frustrated you could have come over the last six years, given the environment that we're currently in, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of like when I was working in Africa and Trump comes out and calls Africa a bunch of shithole countries. Mm-hmm. So how do we constantly go back in Africa and try to help them become better, different ways of life, infrastructure, medicine, education, and the leader of the free world, you know, our president came out and said they're a bunch of shithole countries. <laughs> so mm-hmm. even those were awkward moments. And you know, I had people pull me to the side and when I was going to Africa saying, well, do you guys really think that? Do you guys really think we're a bunch of shithole countries? And, you know, it puts you on the spot and you really have to defend some asshole that you didn't even vote for one and two you'll probably never meet and but we're all a reflection of the country when we travel abroad mm-hmm. people don't appreciate the the sensitivity of, of being an american when we make comments and when we try to overthrow the government or become election deniers how much of an impact that has global uh, we're at a war you know because they are at war that's how they look at it mm-hmm. they want war right this is what they know yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, shifted to one of the topics I want to bring up. So with that whole thing with the speakership, that was definitely a war within a war or a story within a story. How uh, They took 15 ballots to put McIdiot in office as a speaker. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it just permeates through all levels of society. And I don't know how we fix that. Maybe, maybe Gavin Newsom can fix it. What do you think, Al? <laughs> I think Richard Simmons could fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but to throw this question out there, I mean, like I said, I, I do believe that most of the country is moderate, and I think we all share some moderate views. I just wanted to ask you, what do you guys think is the fundamental difference between being a Republican and a Democrat? I'll turn it over to Caesar. Um, in the current environment, I feel like it's vax and anti-vax. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a few of my friends in the Bay Area who are anti-vax, but that's because they've been anti-vax before it became popular, mm-hmm. right? But like in the more recent years, I can, you can really tell somebody's political views by their um, perception of or, yeah, about the vaccine. That's, I think, yeah, nine times out of ten, you can tell someone's political view on that single issue, which is crazy. <laughs> but do you think that's the fundamental difference between the two parties is, is the vaccine? No, 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 no. That's just, I guess, an, ob- an observation. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I feel like the Republicans don't have any issues as far as like, I think there's a lot of paradoxes in their beliefs. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that when you start boiling down the issues, like, you know, some of these benefits that government has will be afforded to the least affluent among us. And that's mm-hmm. usually Trump Republicans. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? that's, that's a, I was like, weird. Like, why are you anti this program? This is going to benefit you directly. Mm-hmm. But monetarily and otherwise, like, why are you against this healthcare initiative? It's like you have healthcare for life, wouldn't that be awesome? Right? Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about this shit. To me, I think they vote and they don't vote in their self-interest. So I don't understand. For me, I better understand the, the politics of the left and then the politics of moderate California. I find that fact very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like what's happening in, here in California, because you have this, in, in my viewpoint, like Oakland is way progressive, but on a on the state level, I feel like there's a big war. Mm-hmm. between progressives and moderates. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think moderates are winning. Okay. Well, before I turn it over to you, Al, so Cs, we're going to go ahead and go out there and guess you've been in the private sector your whole life. Have you ever encountered any systematic racism, cultural racism, occupational racism, et cetera? Um, no, I don't know. 
Probably. I just, I've never felt that, you know, I never I feel like my parents came here in the, in the early seventies and they came here with a, kind of a, the American dream kind of in their veins, you know, mm-hmm. for them, they, they've achieved it. Learning English was the only, they wanted to learn English when they immigrated here and then go back to mm-hmm. Peru, but they ended up staying here in the early seventies. They were the immigrants that were nationalized by Reagan. So they have a deep love for Ronald Reagan, that generation mm-hmm. of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Right? And a Latino, right? They're like folks in their 70s and, and whatnot. But that's how I became like uh, legal in this country was through okay. that program. And uh, but that, you know, that was in the early 80s or whenever that was. And yeah, as far as like feeling it, I, I don't know if I ever felt that way, but I know it's, I, I know I look different, right? So, I, but I know I've been a benefit, beneficiary of a lot of programs as well. So, you know, yeah, yeah, that's how I'm, that's how I'm feeling about that. It definitely impacted but I just, I can't really pinpoint. I know when we were uh, breaking into Wall Street, that's how I first made a little bit of money. That industry is all white, 100%, mm-hmm. right? And the two partners going to visit these hedge funds in New York were like, you know, Angobaldo and Maldonado. That's like, <laughs> you couldn't ask for like a, a fucking, it was like, the, our salesperson was like, you couldn't ask for a mouthful, you know? But like, mm-hmm. you know, these guys only care about making money. So they didn't care if you were black, white, Asian, or whatever you just if you can make the money you were part of the crew you know so i was fortunately in the position that you know take advantage of that because of mm-hmm. the schools and the colleges and whatnot but mm-hmm. know, yeah it was um yeah they the, the wall street people don't care about that i mean it's getting there is in my opinion like the hard part like having a seat at the table is probably the hardest part but we had a seat as long as we made them money they didn't care right. um okay. you know it's, it's interesting you mentioned government i'm more and more involved in government given my work in cannabis recently mm-hmm. so I've, I've been a beneficiary of government programs because of some of the work that i've been doing in social equity in cannabis so mm-hmm. i've won i've won oakland city contracts based on like being a proponent and doing things for that community which i'm a, I'm a big believer in small business and entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. it's definitely um, small business in general is a, is a huge disadvantage because it's all corporate money these days coming in to this industry and the government is trying to do things to help balance it out. Oakland's been the most progressive in allocating funds directly to social equity, either yeah, folks who want to continue supporting the programs through grants and loans. It's a pretty impressive program, even though it's only run by one guy. <laughs> it's like one guy controls all of this. It's incredible. Someone has so much power. It's, mm-hmm. it's, so I've been, I've been watching it, participating in it. And so I guess I'm you know seeing the benefits of programs such as these, but there's still a lot to go, so much more to go. I appreciate your thoughts and comments. Brother Al, what are your answers to the question between the the fundamental difference between a Republican and a Democrat? Uh, Republicans focus on poor criminals and Democrats focus on rich ones. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of examples out there I could could think of. (laughs) I mean, the first was to try to eviscerate one of our major law enforcement operations, which is the IRS. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want the IRS going after the wealthy mm-hmm. and just passed. That was their first act when these guys, when McCarthy banged the gavel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right now we only have one Democratic as in democracy party in this country. Mm-hmm. They are they're very much authoritarian in their worldview. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and they're Christian. And we talk on the left, you talk about rights and people's rights and environment. They talk about homosexual sin and evil, and the other side is evil. And so everything goes. 
when that's they, I think they've raised generations of, of kids who are now adults who really did not get the message about what a democracy is. You know, you can hate other people, but you still have to allow them to have a voice. That's the other paradox to me, right? Is, geez, like, what would Jesus do? I always, I, my mom is, leans very much to the right. I'm always teasing her. I'm like, well, what would Jesus do? Right? Kind of joking mm-hmm. to her about mm-hmm. it. But like, dude, it's the opposite. It's like, hey, my love thy neighbor. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 you know, it's don't understand like that mentality of being so anti all these issues, like I was mentioning, and still calling yourself a Christian. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I feel more comfortable dealing in the progressive versus moderate debate. <laughs> that side of thinking, I'm like, do you really? It's like, I guess I'm stuck. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say you're stuck. I mean, you're you're a thinker and you're educated and you understand see all sides of. The... I'm an I'm an elite. I'm an elite. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are all this bullshit about elitists and? Uh... You know, oh man! Because, because people are educated, people can read and write. So that does, oh, that, make, so, does that make people the leaders? I, I don't agree. I don't. I don't get that debate. It's, it's another one where you know they applaud stupidity. It's incredible. I you know it's, I don't know. I feel like this is the analogy for years. I feel it was, it's Jerry Springer's fault. <laughs> and, and, and and before that, Al maybe remember this guy. I kind of I remember catching him on TV when I was like seven or eight in the late seventies. Remember uh, Morton Downey Jr. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I feel like he was the first like TV loudmouth in your face, like mm-hmm. right or wrong kind of jock shock. And I feel like I feel like that was when shit went downhill. <laughs> and, ba- and, and back then we only had three channels, right? And then you know you had that go to more Jerry Springer, and then from there it's like it's interesting. When I was in Europe uh, last summer, I was in Slovenia and I saw this graffiti sign, and it said, uh, "The system isn't broke; it was built this way." And uh, I said, man, that, that, that rings so true. And I think, brother Al, I think you would agree with that. Well, what are your thoughts? Because you're, uh, well, I just, I read a quote where it's science increases man without increasing his virtue. Mm, that's deep. And we're in a really dangerous time. You can, you know, you can get all the degrees in the world. In, well, I mean, it's really interesting. You know, you've, you guys have seen Yellowstone, right? Yeah, I've seen the Caesar. Seen seen have you watched it? Oh, the TV show. No, no. I've been, I have a friend of mine who wants me to see it, but no, I haven't. Okay. Go ahead. Most popular show on television. It out polls Monday Night Football. Wow. Okay. And it's about this ranch in Montana that's the size of Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and these guys are really fucking cool. Excuse me, we're on a podcast. And so. I, I did this thing. I went looking up kind of the largest ranches in the United States. And it's it stretches from New Mexico into Texas, right up to the Mexican border. Damn. It, was, it was created by a guy named Singleton. And he was an engineer. And he started out working for IT&T, International Telephone and Telegraph. They don't exist anymore, but it was a major corporation. And during World War II, they collaborated with the Nazis, just like Rockefeller and Chase and... Ford and all the rest of these American corporations. So I don't know if he was involved in that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's interesting. So the guy was an engineer. He created a company, Teledyne, I believe is right. And he developed parts for the military. And it would just be really interesting to follow what he developed for, for the military, how it was used. And he made so much money, he kept buying up real estate. So now his ranch is the, I think it's, it is, 
larger than the size of Rhode Island. He's the largest cattle producer in the world, I think, certainly in the country. And you know, that's a huge creator of methane, which poisons the environment. Mm -hmm. So trying to get changes. So when you look at the real stories behind and what they do, as opposed to television, which never really goes into the political side of this stuff, never. And just kind of like rough stuff about, oh, yeah, they stole the, an- the land from the Indians. So too bad. We're keeping it anyway. You know, and it's uh, it's fascinating. It's just fascinating to me. I- I'd love to follow that story further with this guy Singleton, what his ranch is, what they did, what he did with Teledyne, how he made his money. For the- and he's very well. So he's really well respected. He's won all these awards. He did. He died. But he won all these awards and in innovation and technology. But did he advance the cause of a better world or did he advance the cause of a more dangerous world? And then to own that much land. I mean, 94 percent of America, rural America is owned by whites, white Protestants Mm -hmm. mostly. That's a lot of land. They got a lot, those guys. Mm -hmm. And they shove everybody else in the cities. Mm -hmm. So it's unnerving. You know what it's like, Tony, to travel the United States. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. Yeah. You know, land of the free and a whatever a block home of the slave is that, is that an accurate statement i don't know it's complicated you know you got hakeem jeffries running the house now oh did you see did you catch his uh i saw his clip the speech it was awesome yeah awesome oh my gosh. really great oh. yeah i said what are you guys thoughts on that whole spectacle last week in the house and i'd I definitely like to get your take on mac gate over yeah. to you teaser Absolute comedy. Every night I would come home and CNN broadcasting six vote, you know, or whatever. I'd start laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To me, it was absolute pure comedy. I feel like this. Yeah, it's me. This guy has no balls. You know, he's got he has no mandate. He's weak. It's, it was a party held hostage. It had all these themes in it, and it, but it was just a, it was a weak leader. But it, for me, it really made me laugh. I would, my wife would be like, what are you laughing at? Like, this thing is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I would explain it to my 10-year-old kid what was happening. You know, so it's funny having these conversations with a 10-year-old kid, but not trying to poison her too much and trying to be a little bit more educated about, like, describing sides. Mm-hmm. I guess another hilarious part is like who shows up 15 times for an interview and doesn't get hired or 14 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was funny. But it just goes to show you what power can do to people. It's like he was going to get elected no matter what. He had to concede some things. You know, he was going to do that. He had to kiss some booty he was going to do that but it really showed the dysfunction and the chaos and confusion on the republican yeah. side and how they're really not there to govern but uh i heard a great quote from harold ford who's a former congressman and he told somebody on fox he said hey after you guys finish investigating everybody maybe you guys can start passing some legislation <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh I, I don't see them getting too much accomplished in the next two years other than investigating everybody hell they'll probably investigate me if they're listening to this i think that they should take from the republican playbook and just appeal appeal deny and don't even show up and then and drag it out for a year and a half whatever like they did the last two years last four years yeah that would be a good strategy i guess i'm a little befuddled Al. i mean what's up what's up with old white guys continue to take home classified documents man what's up with that <laughs> you mean with with biden yeah, <laughs> it's not an equivalent to what Trump, yeah, you know, the law. So, yeah. uh-huh. I mean, what I worry about is, you know, Biden can't speak. He can't walk. 
mm-hmm. he just passes a ton of legislation. Yes. Right. And we're in a media age where you can't you can't vote for somebody if they're bald, fat, or short. Mm-hmm. And you know somebody who's articulate can come along and win a presidential election. And Democrats really have to get past this the telegenic notion of a president. If Biden decides to run again, we just got to get behind him and understand what he's done. Get behind what he did, not him, but the actual policies that he's passed. It's been extraordinary. And we'll start feeling it now. You know, it's so wild, him going to Kentucky and there's Mitch McConnell smiling and shaking his hand because they put a billion dollars into bridges in Kentucky that the Republicans all fought, right? Mm-hmm. They're building infrastructure. And that's all going to start happening all over the country. Mm-hmm. Jobs happen. And so there's going to be mistakes, but there's going to be a lot of good stuff. And uh, welcome to the world, you know? So that's what worries me about the left, that we eat our own. Yeah, the Republicans are starting to do that too now. I mean, you say with the whole yeah. shit show last week and the last shit show the last six years plus, like I said, they've been very overt about it. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know much more about the Nixon and Aaron and, and, and Caesar and I. We were still pups. They just did it in a covert way. And now they're just being out in the open with it and not pulling any punches about it. What's what's what's, what's up with this thing with term limits? I mean, why, why were the Republicans so hung up on putting term limits in there? I couldn't figure that out. I mean, I thought they wanted to stay in Congress forever. You mean having term limits? Yeah. Who knows? The average age, I saw this on Meet the Press the other day, the average age of the Congress and Senate from 30 years ago is up 10 years. Yeah, I saw that too, yeah. And, yeah, I think it's good to get the old people out. Well, <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Al. No, it's okay. <laughs> I mean, like, Diane Feistein is like, what, a thousand years old? Come on. Yeah. You know? yeah. Pelosi, you've not had a more uh, effective House Speaker than Pelosi. Oh, Pelosi's... Dude, but she's a queen. She's a queen. It was <laughs> same with Schumer in the Senate, right? Mm-hmm. He, yes. He had a 50-50 Senate, and he passed all this stuff. Mm-hmm. She's got to corral 200. You know, <laughs> you know, that's like with all like, these weird districts all over the country. Oh, man. She was, yeah, beautiful to watch. <laughs> well, I, she was, I, I love it. Okay, I mind, so, sorry, Al. <laughs> Was well, Feinstein going to run again or what? I, I saw oh, her. Katie Porter announced for California. I don't know if yeah, you know her, it. but she's great. Katie yeah, Porter's great. Yeah. So I would. She almost, she almost lost too, right? In this last election? Yeah, it was close. Yeah. It was close for her. Is she in the Central Valley or down south? Orange County, I think. Well, Orange County, they tend to be Republican, right? So she probably had mm-hmm. a tough, tough road down there to go. But yeah, Feinstein, man, she's holding on for dear life. <laughs> Someone else announced today. She's um, gone. Oh, 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 Barbara Lee, Oakland announced today, I think. Was announcing soon. Oh, she's, she's running, running for, for Senate? Senate? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, I also heard Kamala's running for Senate. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much to believe of the press that comes from her, you know, that circle, but like, it seems like she's been very ineffective. I don't want to assume that because I don't know what she's doing, but like, it seems like all the press is not good, you know? So where there's smoke, there's fire. So that border's tough issue. Yeah, that was a, that's a bomb. I don't know how you stop that, you know? The remain in Mexico, you think it should go away or come back or what? Well, look, I, I watch a lot of liberal media and it hasn't been on the media, so I assume it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. 
No, it's been yeah. It's, I don't know how you solve that problem. Infrastructure in these Latin American countries build that up and build up those nations. Or yeah, people want to come here like my parents did, right? Land of opportunity. For me, I wish we had open borders. Honestly, find where labor is at. You know, we we have a shortage here in this country currently. You know, so I mean, thirty well, bucks an hour to do stuff. It's, I, I'm also a business owner, so like, I'm seeing it on the labor side how much things cost and how much you have to pay people now. Whoa, this is really expensive to run a business currently. I would love some labor relief, but then again, people can't live on 25 bucks an hour here in California anymore. It's a tough like balance as a someone who's a business owner, but also cares about his people too, you know? So Yeah. Well, I don't know about the open borders. I think there should be legal immigration mm-hmm. open borders. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's a little too crazy, but I, you know, yeah. I, I feel like we should have a more liberal policy and, and have standards across states and how to import or how to deal with a lot of this. But we're like building a wall is ridiculous. Like you, you can't stop dreams, you know. <laughs> <laughs> People dream about this stuff. I think we should emulate the European model. People are coming from Venezuela. You know how far that is? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's, that's like far. It's like coming from Alaska. It's, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy to me. Too much despair. Yeah, like, I don't, know. I don't know how to fix that. I think buying going down there, do you think it was more for optics or it was more for trying to gather information to come up with a plan? What do you think, Al? Uh, it's beyond me. I mean, I, I haven't kept up with the immigration thing. I just, uh-huh. it's it's overwhelming. I You know, I don't have answers for, you know, I just live in darkest Orinda. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were watching Fox News every night, you'd probably be well-versed on what's happening and all mm-hmm. But you don't watch Fox News, so you don't know what's happening. Me too. I don't don't watch Fox News. But I I do, for a while, I would check in on these crazy websites just to understand what people were thinking. So I would go on Alex Jones and read a bunch of articles. I would go on Real Clear Politics, which is more moderate, but still a little bit center right. I would just read and try to understand, like, man, some of this shit is fucking bananas. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but every few months I would do it. I still probably do. Like I'll just go on Fox, you know, Fox News website. We're promoting today to their peoples. You know, what messaging is there? It's definitely consistent. It's definitely they definitely keep themes up. This border thing has been around on their sphere for a while because it is an issue. We're just not seeing it on our side. Yeah, that's, I don't think I think that's a good policy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I believe in the Jada Kiss model, the famous rapper from New York. You know, you keep your friends closer, your enemies closer. And if you don't pay attention to what the other side's doing or what they're prophesizing, then like you said, Caesar, I mean, you'll lose track of what, 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 you know, what the hell they're scheming on out there. Mm-hmm. And, and you are so right. I mean, one side totally slants it towards this side. But it's funny because I don't hear it coming from the right about that teacher who was shot by that six-year-old kid. I don't know if you guys read that story or yeah. seen that on the news. I mean, that has gotten very little national attention. And I'm just like, holy schmoly, a six-year-old kid bringing a gun to school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, I caught that story. How do you feel about guns, Tony? But I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're a military guy, so you probably have. Some well, the military, we call them weapons, and that's the fundamental <laughs> difference. You know, they taught us in basic training uh, this is my weapon, this is my gun, this is for mm. killing, this is for fun. You know, a weapon's designed to kill people. Mm-hmm. And you know we did have machine guns, but most, you know, but we had weapons, and you have to treat them with respect, and you have to understand the power and the severity that that they come with, and uh, you have to respect them. And uh, I think the average joker running around here buying a gun from Seven Eleven or some pawn shop in Galveston, Texas, uh, mm-hmm. they just they don't have a clue about that weapon, and they don't respect that weapon, or they don't respect that gun or that pistol. Mm-hmm. To them, it's just a way of bravado 
or masculinity or I'm tougher than you. What the hell the weapons are, are, are even for, if that makes sense. I'm very leery about getting a, a gun or a weapon mm-hmm. because I know how to use it and I'm trained to use it. And I don't have mm-hmm. one. I probably should have one in Nevada being a purple state. Uh, I saw an Uber driver the other day. He had a gun on. I'm like, damn, you drive an Uber with a gun on you? I got my hot <laughs> put in the other day. Fucking guy comes in to put the hot shot. He's got a Glock on his hip. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So I call the company. It's... I'm like, hey, you guys send guys, delivery guys out here with Glocks and weapons and guns on their person. He's like, no, we don't authorize this. I'm like, well, maybe you should knock off $3,000 off that price. And I'm just joking. (laughs) Because (laughs) because, uh, luckily I didn't witness it. Um, Matilda saw it, but it was just like, you know, why the fuck did this guy have a Glock coming to my house? You know what I mean? He's like, is he looking for some shit to start? Is he looking to start some shit? I mean, I've seen guns hit the ground and go off and just spray, you know, knock down bushes and trees and shit. You know, we're in the field, you know, if you leave that thing loaded and locked and cocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just uh, people just have no respect for it. And it's just it's almost like brushing your teeth. Oh, let me let me put my gun on my hip before I brush my teeth, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to work delivering for Amazon. I got a pistol on my hip. You know, it's like, man, the wild, wild west. And uh, it's mm-hmm. just rampant throughout the country it's gonna get more and more like that too with all with the supreme court deciding all these gun rights issues in the coming years it's gonna get more open carry everywhere and we got the we got the gun happy governor now joe lombardo is going to be the first opening carry governor i don't know if you guys have been paying attention to our governor's race but mm-hmm. uh, he was a former sheriff and yeah he did campaign ads with, with a pistol on his hip <laughs> but yeah this idiot is like yeah i'm gonna carry a gun while in office i'm like dude you got Secret service protection. You got bodyguard protection. Why do you need a gun? Do you not do you not trust your trained professional to protect you? He's looking ahead, man. He's looking at 2024. <laughs> 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 well, I switched to some happy stuff. So I was going on good out there with and Helen and uh Rinda and uh Black Nothing. Storm. Nothing. Come on now. Did you see the Warriors last night? Oh my goodness. Yeah, That's yeah, terrible. Lost lost money on that game, man. You, I mean, Vegas is like, Vegas ain't standing for nothing, man. They must know something <laughs> we don't know. They were favored by 11 points. Steph's playing. Chris Paul's out. Booker's yeah. Out, and they got smoked. Right. Exactly. What is, <laughs> what's up with that? I mean, I'm sorry. Warriors like this, it's like, it's the end of the world. That's nothing left. The last good thing in this damn country. I don't know. And Caesar, you still following the Giants? I, I see uh, Correa. He finally got nabbed up by the Twins. That guy, man, he man. Like I used to, I used to do National League fantasy baseball. Uh huh. And I, because things got so crazy work wise a few years ago, I ended up dropping a league that I was involved with for like twenty years. Uh-huh. So I don't, I'm, I'm not really following baseball as much as I want to. But yeah, yeah. I, there was some baseball news that came out this morning, I think, or yesterday. The eight, the grant to get the A's. Uh, government grant to get the A's and o- stay in Oakland as part of the plan to keep them here was denied by the federal government. So they're not coming to Vegas now? We're not going to get them? Are they- no, I think they, they're going to have to move, uh, find somewhere to get $200 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can give them a loan. You're, you're a big I, venture capitalist. No, I, I, I don't understand why we want to keep them. I, think we, I love Oakland, and I, and I think Oakland or this East Bay, we should have some regional teams, but pick sports that we think we can grow with. I think we would have, we would be an awesome minor league like baseball. Mm-hmm. 
I think we could get around like small, you know, like a triple, like a double A team would be awesome. For mm-hmm. uh, probably locate, you know, I don't know. I feel, yeah, I think we're losing our major league teams because it's not a big city anymore. Well, I don't think Oakland ever was a big city. It was almost a town as far as I knew. And I just think the way television revenue has just mm-hmm. amplified these salaries over the last 10 to 20 years. Uh, Oakland can't compete. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you got guys like Damian Lillard. I don't know how Portland has it, too. Well, I know how because the owner, Microsoft, mm-hmm. owns the team. But, you know, you got guys making $50, 60000000 million a year. Yeah. And uh, that's just a lot of money, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think we can support it. I mean, looking at our, like, growth and what I think is happening in our city, like mm-hmm. in the East Bay, I think people are leaving. People, so I, we used to get a lot of folks come from San Francisco, buy houses here. I, those people have – that demand has – shifted people are either left or they can't afford to leave anymore because rates are so high um then you have this uh yeah you have that's a big issue like you don't you don't have this influx of people coming in to support an open a's a major league franchise and you don't have that yeah i think we make more money and more financial sense if we had like we invested in our soccer teams Mm -hmm. and our uh, minor league baseball team yeah and you got people like al driving up the price (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> A's games are so sad. Even though I've been following baseball, I do go to A's games like once every year <laughs> or twice a year, and uh, they're just they're sad. I mean, it's, it's great because like, you get a hot dog in five seconds, right? Yeah. But like, but other than that, it's kind of sad. <laughs> you know what baseball's to me with the, the quintessential moment in baseball? Mm-hmm. Barry Bonds ties the home one run record. The ball bounces down into the concession area and the guy who gets the ball was up at a concession. He wasn't even watching the game. (laughs) That's baseball. That's called being at the right place at the right time. You know, it's a sport where you just go off and you scratch whatever part of your body you want to scratch. And you know, man, it takes forever. goes on. (laughs) Just tape it. Like you do everything. I'll just tape it, man. You can, you You don't even watch free throws when you tape it. So, It could be a critical shot. You're like, ah, I'll go to the action. Did, did the Warriors really have to leave Oakland? They didn't want to build a new Oracle. They didn't even want to refurbish it. And a lot of it, believe it or not, had to do with the first responders. Because, you know, those teams get policemen, they get medical, mm-hmm. they get all that stuff. And it was like a big battle between compensating the town of Oakland. I don't know if, if Oakland wanted to raise the prices on the first mm-hmm. responder service. It was just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that drove them across the bay. I think a lot of it's the concerts, too. Yeah. You know, you got groups wanting to come and they want to stay in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're running, what, 365 days a year, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's where the money is yeah. outside of the games. And the visiting teams, when they come in, they live in San Francisco because, you know, I don't know if you do know, but they get per diem and all that other stuff that's part of the collective bargaining agreement and they fly into sfo and five minutes yeah yeah so it's just like al said money operational expenses being able to raise prices raise taxes of course all that comes with being in san francisco as compared to oakland and and oakland was just like hey all right if you gotta go you gotta go oakland's also about i would think i mean it sucks that we can't have a basketball team here i think we'd be a good basketball town i'm bummed we lost the warriors yeah Yeah, we should fight we should have fought for them more than we did for ace honestly (laughs) (laughs) hey look up man a's are going to be in the playoffs next year The A's are going to be in Vegas in two years. They got the cheapest budget going, but somehow they managed to get to the playoffs. But we'll see. Caesar, you got the uh, closing comments for the for society out there, for the 
episode Battle of the Bay Part 2. Battle of the Bay? What's going on with Battle of the Bay? Just the name of this episode we did. I'm hoping this year is a good year. Everything. I'm hoping everyone gets their wishes for this year. Oh, okay. What about you, Brother Al? Well, may it be a year of many convictions. Many convictions? <laughs> you mean yeah, I want to see. Let's see. <laughs> It'll be the year of the perp walk. <laughs> I thought you were saying you were going to hold true to your convictions. Oh, you want people locked up, a little law and order, huh? I want them locked up, man. <laughs> all righty, all right. I appreciate you guys joining me on the Real Talk with AJ podcast. Appreciate your time. I got to get you guys back on. Al's practically becoming my co-host. It was Indiana Joe. But, but uh, like, I, like I told Caesar, Indiana Joe, I think he swings a little to the right too much, so he might not want to be on here. You guys stay safe out there. Hopefully, Thank you. Hopefully the weather is is amenable. I've been tracking. I don't know if you guys got a lot of rain or whatever out there, but uh, you guys stay safe and remember the best ability is availability. All right, guys, take care. All right, cool. take, take care, care Tony. Bye. All right. See you. Bye.